if it involves other people or a ball or equipment, that is just not my cup of tea at all. But you put a pair of shoes on me, I can pretty much run until I can't run anymore. Diz Runs Radio, episode 982, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, quick reminder that uh, the end of the month is coming, which means it's time to pick a new winner for the uh, the 16-week free training plan, fully customized, fully unique, fully the same level of care and, and concern and effort and, and thought that goes into it if you pay me for it. So if you want a chance to work with me for free, you've got to get in the drawing before the end of the month, or you just wait till next month because I'll be picking another winner next month as well. Uh, but you know, the place to get entered is the same, no matter when you're trying to get entered, disruns.com slash giveaway is the direct link. You can also just go right to the homepage, disruns.com, uh, real easy, either place gets you entered to the same, in, entered to the same drawing. And, uh, then you've got a, a, a chance each and every month to, uh, to be picked. Remember once you enter once you're automatically re-entered each and every month, um, terms and conditions really don't apply because there aren't really any, it's pretty self-explanatory, um, but uh, get yourself in it if you haven't all done so already. Dizruns.com slash giveaway or right there at the homepage, Dizruns.com. And uh, good luck to all those entered. And uh, I guess I say this pretty much every month, right? May the odds be ever in your favor. Well, you're welcome. Anyway, now without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, my uh, guest today is one of those crazy run streaker types. Uh, a few months ago, I saw a post that uh, basically said that she was beginning her sixth year of uh, running at least one mile per day, which uh, for, for you math folks or for you non-math folks, maybe, uh, that puts her a little over, or an update to that post now, uh, as, as we record now, that puts her a little over 2,300 consecutive days, which is just just bananas as far as I'm concerned. Like I, I can't even begin to wrap my head around it. So needless to say... Uh, There'll be some things we can talk about, hopefully some some good stories and, and maybe uh, uh, learning a few things along the way as well um, by getting today's party started with uh, Ms. Elizabeth Wilson. So, Elizabeth, thanks for joining us today and, and welcome to the show. My absolute pleasure, Denny. Thanks for having me. Yeah, looking forward to it. And guys, if you want to connect with Elizabeth outside of just her name on social media, she's also part of the uh, the Brick and Investment Group, which is kind of the business page. But uh, we'll, we'll plug that for sure as well on Facebook, just searching for at Brick and B-R-I-C-K-E-N Investment Group. Uh, all one word. You can find it on Facebook. And obviously, we'll have everything linked up as per usual. Dizruns.com slash 982 is a link for today's show notes. Dizruns.com slash 980. So, uh, Elizabeth, the way we always start off each episode of the show is with uh, what I think is a pretty straightforward question, but for some folks, it's a little bit of a difficult one to answer. Um, but it always is a great kind of launching point for the conversation. That's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Oh, that's a good question. Um, can I make a part question? Absolutely. Two part answer? Yep. Okay. Um, it's funny. I actually read that in your show notes. I've, I've been thinking about it and I thought my first gut reaction was the marathon because mm-hmm. it's always, um, it's always a feeling personally of accomplishment when I finish it at this point. And I probably try to run at least one a year, um, give or take, obviously mm-hmm. last year messed that cycle up. So I think I always feel more of an accomplishment finishing that one. But the more I thought about it, I thought, you know what, really it's any time I run a new type of race Either it's a new distance or it's a new trail run I've never run before. My first, you know, um, sprint triathlon. Mm-hmm. So it's any time I've done, I've accomplished a new distance. I have not done an ultra yet. That's on my short bucket list. So those would be my two responses. Gotcha. Yeah, it is. There's. I, I like that idea of of you know just doing something different, doing something new. I think mm-hmm. that that sometimes it's it can be easy for folks to kind of maybe pigeonhole themselves, whatever the distance, whether it's 5k marathon, half 50 K, like, like whatever. Um, and feel like, well, you know, I really like this distance. So this is all I, all I can. And, and maybe sometimes should do, 
but there's so many different options out there. And then you start throwing trail races into the mix and now things get, you know, that's a whole nother variable. And, and yeah, there's so many, there's so many options out there that sometimes it's, it's nice to challenge yourself in a little different way. And it's also fun to have that new excitement, nervousness to it. Mm. Like, Oh, I don't know what to expect. This is going to be, you know, like a little new, you know, couple hour adventure. And so that's fun for me as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, How'd you, how'd you get into running? Obviously it's at least six years ago. I feel like I saw a post somewhere that, that says it's, it's been quite a few years longer than that, but where'd you, uh, where'd you kind of get started in the sport? I got started, I'm trying to think, would be mid to late twenties. And honestly, I started getting fat. I'm like, mm. the metabolism started slowing down. It's hard to find, uh, adult sports to do anymore. I ran cross country in high school, played soccer did a lot of swimming, um, but then just got out of the exercise routine really altogether. And my dad, uh, influence. he's a marathoner, big runner, um, not a streaker, but a runner. Mm. And so he just started challenging me. It's like, well, come just run part of the race with me or part of my daily run with me. And I, I remember the first time I accomplished a mile. I thought it was the biggest thing ever. I'm like, I just ran a mile. So that really started it. And I loved it. I'm coordinated enough to play any other sport if it involves other people or a ball or equipment that is just not my cup of tea at all but you put a pair of shoes on me I can pretty much run until I can't run anymore Mm -hmm. so I'm not necessarily fast but I and I enjoy it like I can just put shoes on and run and it's a great thing for my mental my husband can always tell when I haven't been running it's like please go run you're just unnecessarily irritable so that's probably the way it started and I've just kept it up I'm, I'm smiling a little bit to myself because that's, that's always the example that I give with my versus, you know, vice versa, my wife being like, Hey, sometimes you just need to like, go get a few miles, come back to be a normal human being again. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's good to, good to hear that I'm not the only person in a relationship that's like that, where, you know, sometimes the, the, the other half has to just kick you out and, uh, then you can come back a little bit more agreeable, a little bit more relaxed and, and the household harmony, uh, is, has been restored. Exactly. And I think that's one of the benefits. I always tell people about running. It's like, you know, you really need a pair of running shoes. And for women, you need a good sports bra. Other Mm -hmm. than that, you don't need fancy equipment. I mean, you don't need fancy running shoes. Uh, Just go, just move. So that makes it a little easier. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, you you started, you know, a a while back uh, and kind of got into it and and kept going and, and, uh, you know, dabbling a little bit. You run your first mile. When, when uh, When did kind of actually like, you know, I don't want to say taking it seriously, but like seriously racing, like, like making it something that's not just something you kind of do here and there, but like, actually like, this is something I enjoy doing and I want to do it on a regular basis. When did that kind of happen? I think my first marathon was when it was just started clicking. I'm like, Oh, this is, I just, it's, I'm really not can't say good at, but I just enjoy it. You know, it's not like I've broken any great records or done anything, but I did my first marathon when I was 28 mm-hmm. and it was all like, and I tell people the same thing now. If you want, if you're a runner and you have any inkling of a desire to run a marathon, it's not going to get easier next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our bodies just don't work that way as you age. So I decided, like, you know what? I'm gonna do it. And once I think I finally did that one, that it became like, oh, I could do this every year. I could do this a couple of times a year. So that's just been fun. Yeah, yeah. And then it's it's a great insight that it's not going to get easier next year. But but if you do one this year and you kind of have an idea of what it, what it takes and what the commitment's like and how your body's going to feel. Um, I do kind of feel like the next one is just a little bit easier. Like, like it's never going to get easier to do the first one, but the subsequent ones do, do get a little bit easier. Do, do you find that as well? Exactly. Exactly. And I think because I enjoyed the first one so much and prepared well for it that I knew, Oh, this is going to be great next year. Honestly, it was when I finished uh, the St. Jude half marathon the year before and the, the half marathon in Memphis um, the half, in full depart around mile 11.2 or 11.3. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was this. And all of a sudden the marathoners kept going and the half marathoners turned back to the finish line. I'm like, I, I'm not ready to be done. I'm ready to right. keep going going. So at that point I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm ready. That's, I, I always feel like that's such a tricky spot in the race when I'm doing the marathon, because it's like mm. for that, that first, however long it is in this case, you know, 11 plus, but whatever it is, like, it's pretty, I don't want to say super crowded, but like depending on the side of the race, size of the race, of course, but like there's a, a bunch of people, there's usually, you know, like, like you feel like, Hey, we, there's a bunch of us in this together. And then all of a sudden it breaks off. And at least in my experience, the times that that's happened more often than not, the majority of people go for the half route, which is fine. But then all of a sudden it's like, Oh man, I've still got, you know, whatever it might be, 20 miles or 15 miles or 10 miles. And, uh, 
well, I guess more than 10 miles if we're talking about a half marathon breaking <laughs> off, but you know, 14, 15 miles. And, uh, I lost a lot of my company and, and that's always like a, yes. a, a, a moment of second guessing where it's like, Oh man, I, you know, I, I want to do this marathon, but I wouldn't be sad if it was, you know, uh, only a mile left and I was about ready to wrap it up. Yes, exactly. There's not, honestly, that's, I look at races and sometimes decide not to do those because the crowd diminishes so much, not only the crowd you're running with, but typically the crowd of supporters. Right. That's what's always nice to have the difference between a run, race like that or running New York where you have crowd support pretty much from the time you leave to the time you finish the race. Mm-hmm. So those are just very, it's a very different, very different race opposed to an isolated race when you're running almost a training run by yourself. So that yeah. I agree with you on that. Yeah. When, when, when every, and, and the other thing that can be tricky and, and maybe this is just, you know, depends on your, certainly probably does depend on your, uh, level of competitiveness. Um, like I'm not out there to win a race, but you know, like you get running and it's like, all right, well, like, let me keep this, keep this, keep this person in, in, in sight and maybe try to pass them towards the end. Yes. And then, you know, they're, they're, they're pacing for a different race than you are. And the competitiveness gets, it takes over. And maybe you're not keeping an eye on your watch as much as you should. And all of a sudden you're running a little bit faster at mile nine of a marathon than you should be at, uh, you know, if you were running mile nine of a half marathon and, uh, yeah, another mistake I've made in the past that I try to have, <laughs> have learned from over the years. There, there are many of that I find, and it's like, I did not know to prepare myself for that. Now I know not to do that mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And then one of those things that, that sometimes I'll, I'll, you know, as, as a coach or just, you know, you talking to people on social media or whatever, you know, offering some, some thoughts on, oh, your first race or your first marathon or this or that or the other, um, and things that you don't necessarily mention, th- think of mentioning. And then they come back and go, man, like I was going really good, but then I, you know, the, the crowd split off and, oh man, it was so, it's like, oh yeah, maybe I should have mentioned that because I've been there and it, it is, it is one of those things that if you're prepared for, it's a lot easier pill to swallow than when all of a sudden, like, where'd everybody go and why am I running mm. kind of by myself for the last 15, 16 miles? Mm-hmm. I, especially at those miles. Cause you're yeah. like the, the high energy of the beginning is done. And, and now you're like, oh, this is now when push come to push. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, streaking when, when did it, like, obviously six, a little over six years ago is when, uh, when the streak started, but wh- where, what was the, the mindset of, of like, you know, this, this running thing is good, whether it's running four or five, six days a week, whatever. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to dip my toes into running every day of the week. Like, was it, I'm assuming it is a pretty conscious decision, but like, how did that decision kind of come about? I always feel like I should preface this conversation about streaking to remind people that I'm fully clothed. This is not, it's a, it's a streak as in the sense of it's unbreaking daily, but the clothing is not a clothing optional. So it's, it's fun to be part of a, a running streaking group and tell people like, Oh yeah, there's an international streak running group that exists out there. You know, if you're interested. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a side note. Actually I, I was um, getting my MBA and we were required to read the wall street journal. And there happened to be an article side article in a wall street journal, the December, uh, so it's 2014 about this guy that the title was like, you know, ran every day. So I think it was 40 years or something like the higher end streakers are just, I mean, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know, that's an interesting challenge. I wonder if I could do that for a year. Um, like it's not that hard. as most runners can tell you, the hardest thing to do is putting on your, you know, running shoes, running clothes and getting out the door. Mm-hmm. Like once you do that, Typically, like the hard part's done. You might as well got one mile in, you're sweaty. You might as well go ahead and do two or three. So that was sort of just like, oh, that'd be an interesting challenge. Why not do it? And there you go. I actually started January of 15 and then I uh, had to take a break in May and then restarted again, I think a week later because I wanted the challenge and uh, tell new people who are wanting to do it. It's like, just start and realize the first six months are the hardest to keep it up because then you think you can restart just as easily. But once you have the six months and especially a year, people tend to get as committed to their streak as to anything else. Like mm-hmm. it's my husband asked me, it's like, have you run your mile today? It's no longer a question of, are you going to run? It's like, it's, you know, after dinner, it's like, make sure you get your mile in because right. there's panic attacks of, you know, streakers who have taken a nap the next thing, waking up at midnight and going, no, my streak. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it's just been a commitment since then. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so you, you get started with it. And then, like you said, you take a little break. I'd, I'd love to, to, if we can dive into it a little bit, Lisa, like what was, what was the, the reason for having a, a short little break there after, you know, five-ish months? Honestly, we, at that point we were doing a, um, we call ourselves 
Carnies, we did food and drink at music festivals across the Southeast while I was getting, uh, both of us were getting our degrees. And we had one in Memphis that between the combination of just working 16 hours a day, probably consuming um, too much beer while I was working the 16 hours a day. And the next day it was just like trying to work and then figure out how to get even a mile in was just, it, that point was just too daunting, mm-hmm. which I look back going, I can't believe it was too daunting, but obviously at the time it was, I don't remember details right. about it. And so I just took a break to, to go, I think it was honestly just a week or so off. And like, I want to get back on the, the wagon and, and do this again. Was it a, a complete week of non-running or just like, no, Oh, that's a great question. I honestly don't remember probably okay. a week of non-running. Cause I'm guessing if I took the break from the streak, I wouldn't have, I would have started when I started running again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, when you restarted the second time, and obviously it's it's you know six plus years in the, in the past, so maybe it's it's a little bit fuzzy. But um, was the intention to like, all right, I'm going to start this streak again, and we're not stopping, or just kind of you know get going and see what happens, or or like what was what was the mindset kind of starting it, you know, streak 2.0 uh, at that point? Really starting it and just sticking with it. I I'm one of those people. Maybe most people are like this. I, I need discipline. I need some sort of discipline in my life to make everything else seem manageable. So if I get my runs in, I think that's one of the reasons I like doing marathons or longer, at least half marathons, because you do have a typically have a strict running schedule. This today I'm doing three miles. Today I'm doing five. I'm doing a long run. Because otherwise, this life takes over and you don't do the things that bring not only bring you life but keep you healthy. I think if nothing else, COVID and all. All the rest of this has taught us that, you know, maintaining your your immune system and your health is very important. It's not just important, you know, years from now, it's important now. So I think doing, having that daily discipline of running just helps out. All my other self-disciplines tend to fall into place better. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, um, I've, I've obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but for your benefit, Elizabeth, I've talked to a handful of folks that have, you know, pretty substantial running streaks in this, in this five, six year, uh, you know, kind of time frame window. And so I, I feel like, I'm sure you've been asked these questions before. I feel like these gotta be the most common questions you ask anybody when they, when they find out that they've, that they've run, you know, four five, six years in a row consecutively every single day. Um, but you know, you mentioned earlier that there's some of these folks that they get going and all of a sudden, you know, something happens, you take a nap, whatever. Uh, have you had any, any close calls where you've had to, to scramble in the, in the, you know, final few, few minutes of the day to, to get your miles in or to get your mile in, or have you been pretty comfortable with the streak over the six plus years? It's honestly, the hardest part has been the last six months. We became uh, parents of three foster kids in February. And it was also the same time Memphis got hit by a crazy winter ice storm. Mm-hmm. So like this point of, we had to boil water because the pipes were freezing and things like that. And, um, and so I was actually having to do circles in my home wow. with the kids. And so that was, you know, so I, I, I'm not a fast runner. So I probably have normal mile is about nine 30 ish. And so I ran 12 to 15 minutes inside my house just to make sure to make I covered sure. a full mm-hmm. mile. Um, so that was probably the hardest time for my streak. Some of the fun ones, I mean, you'll hear other streakers talk about traveling and mm-hmm. having to do runs in runs in airports. So those are those are harder to do, especially for you know international flights. Just right. just realizing, like, take the time to do it. You'll regret not doing it. I know you don't feel like doing it, but I think probably any runner can tell you that about a training run. Like, you're not going to feel like doing it, mm-hmm. but you'll be glad it's done. So those have probably been the harder ones. Gotcha, gotcha. And then what about when it when it comes to you know, recovering from, from races or things like that. I mean, you, you go out and I, I know it's a little bit of a touchy spot, so we don't need to get into too much, but you know, a, a good, a good marathon trying to qualify for Boston, laying it all out there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm somewhat uh, not, maybe not rigid, but somewhat firm in my belief of like, Hey, you know, after a good hard race, like give your, give yourself a little bit of, of a break, give your body a little chance to bounce back and recover. Um, I know there's some folks that are like, Hey, you know, getting out and moving is the best thing that I can do for my recovery. And I, and I, I can, uh, you know, get behind that idea. But, uh, when it comes to a, you know, whether it's a hard race, a little niggle, things like that, um, you know, like, like what is the, the mental calculus between like, I know my body needs a break to recover, but I also, you know, just, just getting a mile in, like, like, like how did, how do you kind of balance those, those two kind of maybe conflicting ideas? Very slow miles, mm. you know, when you're running a mile, I mean, there's the, so obviously the technical definition of, of a streak is one continuous running mile with no outside help. So you run a treadmill, you can run, you can't use elliptical. So mm-hmm. my slow post marathon runs, I mean, we're talking 14 minute paces. We're talking, 
yes, I might be able to speed walk faster than I can run. So slow. The hardest one, I did a downhill marathon out in Seattle several years ago. And I think that was the hardest run to run afterwards because my calves were so mm. shot. But other than that, I really feel like that my streak running has kept my overall running healthier as far as being injury free from running, just the fast recovery, my recovery time after a marathon has been much faster than it was when I actually just stopped running. Mm-hmm. So that's my perspective. We'll see a lot of other run. There's, there's people out there that are crazy that run through things, you know, women who will run the day before they get pregnant or day before they, you know, give birth and immediately. Yeah. It's like, that's the reason the majority of streak runners, especially at the 30 plus years are all men. Oh, right. Cause they, so, they didn't have to stop to have a baby. They can, they can keep yeah. running while their wife is having a baby if they need to. They, you you see that it's like, I just mm-hmm. ran around the hospital, you know, parking lot. Mm-hmm. So those are fun. But so that, so I honestly, my opinion, again, too, I am not, they're not, not fast. I've not, I've trained hard for Boston once. And, but normally I think in my experience, my running is, is just, has just kept me overall a healthier runner. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I, I think that there's, there's definitely something to, um, you know, just, just the, the adaptations that our body makes when we put them through the, the, the stresses of running or, or the stresses of any type of activity, uh, consistently over time, like your body adapts, it gets stronger, it gets more resilient. And so, you know, like, like, yeah, you might hammer and, and push hard and try to try to run as fast as you can to qualify for Boston or set a PR or whatever the case might be. And yeah, you're going to be more sore than if you just go out and, and, you know, just kind of comfortably cruise the same type of distance. But at the same time, because your body's used to it, because you've got, you know, six years of running every day under your belt. And, and I think I saw a post of 20 plus years, something like that of running, um, just in general, like it's not so foreign to your body that it, 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 really breaks you down, at least in in theory, hopefully it doesn't break you down. So, you know, a little bit of of extra running and here I go hedging on my idea of making sure you're taking plenty of of time to to take a break and rest and recover. Um, but you know, it's just one of those to each their own and everybody's got to do what's right for them. And some people's rest, some people it's continuing to move. Uh, some people it's might even to get that run in and keep the streak going and and keep on, keep it on one day to the next. That's true. And again, to my rest running days of those miles, when I'm incorporating a quote rest day and either training I still have rest days in training, which is a slow mile. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's it's talking about barely breaking sweat, like old lady kind of running. So, yeah, it's still moving your body for about 15, you know, 14, 15 minutes. But it's definitely in comparison to a normal training day, a rest day. Right, right. Um, where where we uh, where our paths crossed uh, originally was was in the uh, the the great virtual race across Tennessee Facebook group. Um, and you know, earlier this year, 2021, which was the, the second year of, of the, uh, the event, but I, I did notice that you did it, uh, last year as well in, in 2020, you participated and, and made it across the state. What, what was it that drew you to, um, the, the great virtual race across Tennessee, the original version last year and, and, you know, the, the virtual challenge obviously was, you know, not that people probably need to be reminded that 2020 pandemic year and there weren't a whole, a whole <laughs> lot of other races going on. Um, uh, but was that what drew you to it or, or what kind of, you know, got you, tickled your your interest about you know this this virtual race idea across the, the the volunteer state it's actually i'm trying to think back to when it was originally passed what what group i saw it in i'm from middle tennessee which is where um laz is based and who's one of the guys who came up with this crazy idea and uh, so i think it was one of the middle tennessee running group that posted it and this was the very beginning when he was thinking like um you know maybe i'll get 200 people on board with this idea because it's at that point virtual races were fairly new but uh, um, actually fairly common but that concept of the idea of running six point six point one or two miles a day for four months on average was an, an unusual race there hadn't mm-hmm. been or at least i hadn't seen any ones like that but gosh that is a challenge that takes my streak running a mile a day to a completely new level and you're you're absolutely right and i think when i got on when they started the facebook group there were so many people like me going I need something to do. I need a challenge that something I can control. I need something outside myself to, you know, just to, to focus on, look at what are other people doing in the world. And next thing I know, the numbers just started growing. I think you ended up with what? 20,000 oh, people. Yeah, Last year there was something like that. It was ridiculous. And the money he raised and the fundraising went to all groups in Tennessee. And then people started registering their dogs. Mm-hmm. And so he raised money for local uh, dog shelters and things. So I think it was just neat to see, you know, other people share their stories of where they were in the world and pictures they were taking and just the encouragement. I think it was one of the most, my street runner group is very encouraging as well, but 
I, last year, I think we just all needed to be reminded of like, oh yeah, we can encourage each other to do positive things for ourselves, positive things for our body, positive things for the community. And it was probably the biggest running challenge. I mean, that put training mildly in comparison to what I did mm -hmm. for that. It was because if you skip today, that means you have a half marathon to do one day that week. Right. Skip, you know, a couple of days, you got a full marathon to do that week. So just staying, trying to stay on top of that, you know, and starting out in Memphis was fun because I got to post pictures because the race literally went a mile from my house, the actual mm. race. So I got to post pictures to the groups like, hey, when you reach, you know, this mile, this is, you're in my backyard and got to post fun things about Tennessee. I actually went to the physical race start, which technically is in the Mississippi River in Arkansas because <laughs> that's, that's how Laz works. Mm -hmm. So I went there and showed him pictures, you know, of the, the levee and got to share that with the rest of the world. And so that was sort of fun from a, a Tennessean perspective to say, oh yeah, this is moon pies. This is what this is. This mm -hmm. is culturally this, that's unusual about this. So that was fun for me just to just have something positive to share. Right. Right. Um, like you said, it, it's, it's a different type of challenge. It's, it's, I, I felt like doing it both years as well, that it was, you know, it was just like this daily grind. It was like this, this huge, massive challenge of you just chipping away hopefully a little bit just about every single day moving moving you know slowly across the state um but but like you said for for you as a streaker it was pushing things a lot more than just one mile a day um was it like how how difficult was it last year to to up your mileage to the level that was required to to make it all whatever it was 630 ish miles something like that from uh tip to tip uh in the course of four months it was probably more of an issue of changing my schedule to fit that time all of a sudden you instead of having you know 10 to 15 minutes a day to mm -hmm. run it's like where's where's your hour block a day or your right. two hour block on the weekend so just making sure i kept up with it and not get behind when you know in the uh, language of the great virtual race it's called being behind the buzzard because the buzzard is always doing six miles a day so the farther you behind behind the buzzard the farther it's going to take you to catch mm -hmm. up so knowing that so it was more of a scheduling issue i never felt physically tired by it it was gotcha. never of course of course you're also you know in memphis you're 110 days if you don't get out in the morning it's going to be miserable the rest of the day so trying to coordinate that and i hate running on a treadmill so <laughs> so in any day the weather was slightly nice getting a couple extra miles and getting an extra mile because the race um, for your listeners is also you can walk that people walk mm -hmm. it which is i find incredible so it's like oh i look i can i can an extra mile walk the dog today so that, mm -hmm. so that has helped as well yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and uh being in Florida in the summer, you know, running from from the 1st of May to the end of August, like yeah, like you got to get out early or it, it it's not uh not pleasant to go out at noon or when, when the sun's high um no. for those 4 months to log, you know, 6 or 5 or 4 or 7 or 8 miles like whatever whatever is on tap for the day. Um so so you know, like you said, and and we touched on a little bit with with the race last year, there was, you know, 19, 20,000 people something like that. It was it was a pretty big deal. Um, and so they, they ran it back again this year, changed the route a little bit, which was, which was kind of cool. Um, but there was a, a, quite a bit of a drop off. I think maybe, maybe 4,000, 5,000, something like that. It was still a lot, but, uh, not the, the, the almost 20,000 that was, that were participating last year. Was it, was it something that you were pretty, pretty sure, pretty, pretty certain going to come back and do it again when, when you found out it was coming again, or did you, did you hem and haul a little bit? Actually, was, one of my goals was to do it again this year because I did like, the extra challenge. And at that point, the marathon I was going to do got canceled again this year. So I thought that would be a good goal to get back out. Um, I will be honest with you. This is my first DNF ever running a race was this one. I thought I could do it with um, three little kids and a stroller and just coordinating the time for that. I know, I know parents did it and I saw pictures and God bless them, but between lack of sleep and coordinating three different people's schedules, much less my own work schedule, did not happen, which it's funny. I, I posted something on the group saying, Hey, just want everybody to know, love, so proud of each one of you for doing it. Cause it's commitment of time and just time, honestly. But yeah, it was an interesting feeling of like, Oh, I didn't finish a goal and I'm okay with it because you know, I, I didn't do it and life happens, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't particularly like the feeling of not accomplishing a goal, but you know, say la vie. Yeah. Well, and that's, and I was, I was going to ask, but I guess you kind of, kind of answered it. Like, like having that, that first, you know, first race that, that, like you said, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. Like it is, it is what happens. And, and especially with these longer, longer duration events it has more opportunities for life to happen. It's one thing to try to compartmentalize a day to run 26 miles or 13 miles or 
50 miles or whatever. Um, but that's one day. Now, now you mm-hmm. got to do that. Maybe not that, that magnitude, but you got to spread this out over the course of 120 days. And if you have too many days that, that things really go sideways, it makes it a lot more difficult to, to catch up. Um, you know, so, so like, sounds like, like, yeah, disappointed maybe, but, but not really letting the, the DNF get to you. Is that, is that accurate? Very much so. It was, I realized early on, like almost within the first month, like, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're do as much as you can. And after that, you're just going to have to, you know, certain things in life just get or right. become more higher priorities and, you know, making sure I keep three little people alive and happy just became something I actually enjoyed doing more. So that's probably right. even the long and short of it. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's, you know, that's, that's what it's all about is, is, uh, you know, family and priorities and, and yeah, like, like, you know, unless you're, unless you're literally putting food on the table based on the results of your running, like, you know, you gotta, you gotta make sure that, that the right things come, come first and foremost. Um, are you, uh, you know, I don't, I haven't heard, maybe you have, I don't know, but like, if there's going to be a 2022 version, are are you going to sign up for that one too? Or, you know, obviously still a long ways to go, uh, before we'd have to make those types of decisions, but is that, is that something you'd be up for? Like, eh, it was good the first time and, you know, move on. You know what? Honestly, to see what next year brings, I just signed up for the St. Jude Marathon last week. And so we'll see what next year brings. I love the goal. I really do. I love the heart and I love the community. And I think that it's having a four month goal. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, it was fun to see people's improvements on all sorts of right. levels. My, my marathon time improved. So, yeah, I'll be up for it. I actually signed up for one point. Laz did a um, the crawl, the circumnavigation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, but that one, but just became like the time commitment and the longevity. I did, I think I did the first or second legs and it's like, no, that that did not appeal to me as much as the four months seemed a challenge, but doable. Right. Oh yeah. We, our team is, is still going, going strong with crawl. We've got, uh, good for you. We've got two and a half regions, something like that left to go, hoping to to squeeze it in before the end of the year to get the, uh, the silver buckle for, uh, good for you. That's a big commitment. It, it is. And it's, there's some days when it's just kind of feels like, ugh. but that's thankfully it's a team event instead of an individual event this time. So it's like, you can kind of lean on everybody else a little bit. You give yourself a couple of days, whether it's a, a one mile to keep your street going or whether it's just a couple of days off to clear your head and, and then come back and keep chipping in. And, and uh, yeah, but it's these, these crazy, these crazy virtual events and, you know, leave it to last to come up with just all kinds of nonsense and leave it to us runners to be like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. I'm going to commit to this 16 month journey around the world. Uh, and, and here we go. It's a nutty group of people. It's just, uh, I love it. I actually ran out. I did the, um, his uh, strolling gym this year. Mm. I think it was the first real in-person race I've done in a year and a half. And so it's just fun to see people out and excited about running and being back. It's like, this is the best day ever. So it's just fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, you you mentioned uh, a little bit earlier, kind of the difference between some of the bigger, bigger races, uh, as far as, you know, crowd support and people not, you know, the course not breaking off and have all of a sudden losing a lot of the runners for the half while you're running the full, you mentioned New York city in there. What's your, uh, New York city marathon experience? It's funny, like New York was always sort of that, and it's really worth, what is it, 350 bucks mm-hmm. to do, and then possibly a drawing, and all my friends like, yeah, it's 100% worth it, make the effort, do it. So I put myself in the lottery, and I think I got it in the first or second year. It was one of the coolest experiences overall of my, my, I can't say my life, but definitely my running career. Mm-hmm. Just the crowd support, just the energy. I tell people I will never be in like a ticker tape parade, right? In New York, but it had that feeling of like people lined up on the sides of the entire route, pretty much, you know, just cheering you on and the energy of the runners so excited to be there. And because it was a full marathon, totally everybody stayed together mm-hmm. and you were never alone. You're always running with somebody. And so that was just fun. And of course, being in New York was um, just a fun experience as well, that time of the year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all in all, I loved it. Highly recommend Okay. Well, that's, that's always the, the question because I, I, um, I am definitely a smaller race, like not like a super teeny tiny race, but give me, give me a race with, you know, 800 to 1200 people for a marathon. And that's yep. like perfect where you're never quite alone, but you're also very, other than the first, maybe a couple hundred yards, it's never shoulder to shoulder. Like you just, everybody kind of spreads out. They get in their lane. You have, you just keep seeing the same people throughout the entire course because you know, the people that are running your pace are hopefully running your pace for the whole thing. Um, but everybody that I talk to, whether they're like the smaller races or the big races, it's always like, yeah, just put your put your name in the hat for New York, and if you get it, go because it's it's one of a kind. It sounds like you're you're on on that train as well. Yes, and I'm actually I prefer the bigger crowds, which is funny because it's naturally I run by myself, 
uh, obviously not a group, just run alone, mm. solo, love it. But as far as a race goes, my favorite ones have been my larger marathons. Gotcha. Gotcha. What, what do you enjoy about the, the, the larger marathon races? The energy. Mm-hmm. There's something fun about the crowd at the beginning, the crowd throughout the race. There's typically more people out cheering, which is always fun. You know, not that I feel like a celebrity, but like, oh, hey, this is just encouraging. Mm-hmm. And so I guess my biggest ones have always had that kind of environment and feel to it. There's a little bit more logistics, obviously, that go on. That's a little bit of a hassle. But other than that, that makes up for it during the event. I feel like like New York, and I'm not like the the world's expert on some of the big races, but I feel like that's like the big one, you know, as far as number of people, like whatever it is, 50,000 people, something ridiculous like that. But what are what are some of the other big races that you've done? Uh, it sounds super pretentious, but my first and favorite is uh, Paris. Mm. I lived in France for a couple of years, and that's when I decided to run my first one. And so being able to run downtown Paris in a marathon was just ex- exceptional. Wow. All right. Well, that's, that's, I don't know that I was, I don't know that what I was expecting, but I don't think I was expecting Paris to be the answer. Um, <laughs> but, but here we go. That, that's, and that's what I love about not having a big script for how I want to go the, you know, during the course of the show, because somebody says something, I'm like, Oh, well let's, let's talk about this for a second. So, <laughs> you know, having run, obviously run some in, in Paris and in Europe and France, um, you know, what's the, uh, the comparison contrast game of, of the running community, running culture in, in Paris and in, in Europe itself, or at least as far as experience of, of that area versus, you know, back here in the States where, uh, you know, quite frankly, most of the folks listening to the show live in North America or live in the States. So like, um, you know, I'm, I'm just always, always, I guess, curious what, what it's like in other parts of the world. You don't see as many people out running. Mm. You know, there's not the people on the sidewalks running like there are here. Here, it's not unusual to see people out and running shorts in there. I feel like in Paris, I lived outside of Paris, um, but even in the city, you just didn't see that as often. They're running, they had like the big box sort of running stores, didn't have like the little smaller uh, mom and pop running stores. So that's probably the biggest thing I've noticed as far as there wasn't like a pair, there may have been a Paris running community, but I was not aware of it. Gotcha. Opposed to most cities have at least one or two running groups that meet at different times. Mm-hmm. Um, the race itself was unusual because of just, it, I'm not sure what year it was that they did that, that race as far as the previous t- number of times they've done it. But it was small stuff that I thought was really surprised about, like complete lack of porta potties. Oh, wow. Complete lack of porta potties. Um, it's like, this is just, so people were just, just the downtown Paris. So people were just going <laughs> to the bathroom. I was like, okay, this is unusual. Um, and then, it sounds good in theory if someone had never run a race, but at the beginning, this was in March, so it was still a little chilly. They gave us all those, what are those wraps called that they give uh, the, the space blankets? The space blankets. Uh, whether that's the official title or not, I don't yeah. know, but that's what okay. I was They gave it. every one of those at the beginning, and then a, a water bottle. So at the beginning of the race, I don't know how many thousands run as 20,000. They're all dropping these mm. plastic sheets and water bottles. So it became this absolute like slip hazard, like a giant right. slip and slide. For the right. first, so we started on the Champs Elysees. <laughs> it's just covered in the plastic and water. I'm like, this is like the worst idea ever. Um, or, or bananas with still banana peels at, at the, mm-hmm. the the stops, and so you have banana peels covering. Because by the time I got there, you know, thousands of other runners had come before <laughs> me. So those kind of things, I'm just like, I this didn't expect this for a race. Um, right. Other than that, a very very normal race environment. People love cheering you on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are probably the two things that were just more unusual, but I was like, this just doesn't seem like something a runner would choose to do. Gotcha. Yeah. It's, it's, and, and, you know, I, I guess, I guess it makes sense when you, when you kind of stop and think about it, but you know, if you have a big city race or, you know, just a big race in general, you're bringing in thousands and thousands of people. Like, like that's not just a volunteer that puts it on you know, some runner from the community. That's like, Hey, let's, let's get a couple people together, a little committee. We'll, we'll have this race. Like that's, that's a, somebody's full-time job. And it doesn't necessarily yes. mean that that, that the people that are in charge of it are runners. So, you know, it's one of those things where, oh yeah, it makes sense. Let's make sure everybody gets it and gets their stuff and gets this and gets that. Um, but sometimes the, the logistics of, oh yeah, we've got 20,000 people coming through here at the same time doing the same thing. Like it doesn't, it doesn't always play out the way that you might expect it. It would. Exactly. Gotcha. Well, uh, that's, that's, that's exciting. Running in, in <laughs> Paris. That's, that's something that's, that's, you know, I mean, I guess that one of my, I don't know if it's a bucket list running thing, but like, you know, like I have a passport with zero stamps in it. So I wouldn't mind getting some stamps, but if I can go get a couple stamps and, and also, you know, run a race or at least just dive into some running in the, the local areas, um, that'd be uh, the best of both worlds probably. 
Yeah, and it's the best. I mean, that's one of the reasons I'm thankful to be a runner when I travel. It's just the best way to see a city. You get to see very different parts of it and pay attention to different things when you run. It's just like I'm going to go out and explore the city a little bit on foot. So that's always always a fun little outing to do. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's something that I've done many times obviously domestically, but, but, you know, just whenever I'm traveling somewhere, or, which isn't often, but anytime that I, that I do, it's like, oh yeah, you know, w- when am I going to be able to just put my shoes on and go out with no real plan of where I'm going to go and hopefully not stumble into too rough of a, of a part of town that I shouldn't be in, <laughs> but, you know, just, just set out and go and, you know, have two hours and sightsee and, you know, what, see what I come across and random photos and random things. And, um, you know, and if I, if I, if I do get too lost then you know, we'll, we'll, you know, call a Lyft or call an Uber or whatever, we'll, we'll figure out a way to get home. But, <laughs> Uh, so far, so good. Only only once have I gotten lost enough. Thankfully, I didn't need to call for for help, but at least to have to pull my phone out and and look for get a map. All right, where am I? Where am I trying to go? And and try to piece it together that way. But every other time, I just go out and explore, and it's awesome. it's a great way to sightsee. Awesome. What uh what other than Paris? But uh, any other great cities that you've had a chance to to run around in, or, or maybe not always cities, but other you know places where where running tourism was a uh, was a, a high part of the the trip. I had the absolute honor of being a volunteer at Comrades one year mm. when I lived in South Africa. And I think that was part of the, and when I, it's funny to go back to your question about what got me into running. Seeing Comrades was yeah. probably one of the coolest things. It's still on my, they haven't put registration out for next year. If they, next year, they're going to do a down run as part mm-hmm. of their hundred year anniversary, but I'd love to do that. So getting to see, um, one of those kind of races in person, obviously not as a participant, but just being around, it was really cool. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a race that only recently has really been like, Oh, I would really like to do like, I've heard, you know, I've heard about it for years and talked to folks that have run it you know, years ago. Um, and I guess maybe, maybe it was just because I wasn't, I hadn't learned as much about it and I was, I was still at the, yeah, I'm not going to run ultras. Like that's just ridiculous. <laughs> sure. Um, which, which I try to choose my words carefully when it comes to streaking now, as I say, like, I just don't have no desire to do a streak as opposed to I'll never do it because if I say <laughs> never, then of course it's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I was just like, yeah, no way. And then I've, I've learned more, read some books about folks that have done it and, you know, described a little bit more in detail about comrades. And it's just like, like just the history and, and, uh, just, just everything around it, the pomp and circumstance and the traditions and, and whatnot just sounds so cool and so unique and, and. Yeah, definitely would be a, a cool race to run. Very, very cool. I mean, the area is just absolutely, it's probably one of the prettiest places I've ever visited and lived. Um, so that's just, and again, too, the running community there is so big because history is so strong. And so we'll see what next year brings. Yeah, yeah. From what I from what I hear, and you can probably either confirm this or, or set me straight, but, you know, if you're if you're a runner in South Africa, it's like, like, that's, that's it. Like, you either have run comrades or, or you haven't, but like, like, everything points to that. All the, all the races are training for that. All the runners, like, you know, they, they, they know all the history and, and it's just like, like that's the race as far as, you know, everything else is secondary. Absolutely. Almost like the marathon is here. Oh, have you run a marathon? Mm-hmm. That makes, that makes somehow makes you a runner, which I think is absurd because if you right. runners are runners, but in there, that case, yeah. Oh, have you run comrades yet? That's the typical question, which is like, that's a double marathon. That's not, that's, that's <laughs> it's right. not nothing. Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. Oh goodness. Well, um, you know, one, one thing that, uh, you know, kind of shifting gears a little bit, but, but maybe there's, there's, there's a tie in. I think there's a tie in here. We'll, we'll see. But, uh, you know, I, I know that you, um, had, had mentioned when I first reached out to you, like, Hey, would you be interested in having a chat? And you're like, yeah, my husband does a podcast. So like, I'd love to do it and, and, and kind of help, you know, like do something a little bit different. Cause you help out with, with his podcast, which is a, a real estate show for those interested, how to scale commercial real estate is the podcast title. You can find it. But, um, one thing I just, I don't know that I realized until kind of just getting ready for today and kind of doing a couple of little, you know, a little bit of recon work. Um, but that's a daily show, daily podcast, which, I mean, I feel like that's got to be more, uh, quite a bit more intense than, than a daily run streak. But um, like, like, like I said, I know you do a little bit of help with some of the post-production stuff and behind the scenes stuff. But, um, you know, maybe, maybe again, a little compare and contrast as far as daily podcast, daily run streak, which is easier, which is harder. Like, like, are there any tie-ins kind of that you've learned from running for six years to kind of help with the, with a daily podcast going out? It's I'm almost the same thing I said earlier. It's like, once you get past those, that, that, that whatever that initial hurdle is like now I can't, I can't stop doing it. I can't stop. I won't stop for a day because then starting again would mm-hmm. be back to zero and I'm not doing it. And so my husband probably feels that a little bit. So he's always, I don't know how many he has in the, the hopper going right. out because he does several several a day to keep up with it so that's probably the biggest 
thing. Mm-hmm. And for his, he just loves the chance to get to meet other people. So it's not as you know, right. obviously me running a mile today by myself. I don't really meet a whole lot of, you know, fun, right. interesting people, but um, so yeah, no, that's, it's just been fun. It's been fun for just, obviously like anything else is, you know, learning about the, the business behind the scenes stuff, as, as you know, with all, all the podcasting, the podcasting world's like a different world, sort of like running. <laughs> right. But yeah, so it's been fun just to, to learn, learn from that and get to be a part of it. Well, and like you said, he, he has the ability, thanks to yeah. technology, to like string a bunch of them together at once, maybe do three, four, five yeah. episodes yeah. on one day. And then yes. all of a sudden, like doesn't have to do one, doesn't have to record one necessarily every day to keep the streak going versus obviously you can't just go out and run five miles today and be like, well, I'm good for the next five days because that's not how, not quite how it works. Not quite how it works unless you're one of those crazy midnight runners who do, you know, 11.59 to right, yeah. finish one day, run your next mile the next day. There's people out there that do that. It's like that's, that requires sure. a lot more and, and, sure. and going to bed that late. It's not my Right, right. Um, as we're, as we're getting kind of close to, to wrapping up today, Elizabeth, one last question for you and I'll let you, let you get out of here for sure. But, um, just curious, you know, at, at this point in your life, you know, 20 something years into your running career and six years plus into your, into your running streak. Um, what have you, what have you learned about yourself from those daily miles or not even the daily miles, but in the early days, but you know, just getting out there consistently, regularly at this point every day, what has running taught you about yourself that maybe you would have never learned if you hadn't started, you know, all those years ago? It's funny. I've actually thought about that a lot recently. I'm not sure if you remember when Oprah ran her marathon mm-hmm. many, many years ago. And I remember I was probably in college or something. Now I just, I just remember thinking like, yeah, you, cause she had a coach and a team. It's like, yeah, you'd have to have like, you know, professionals and help you out. That's not a normal person thing. You know, I can't do that. That's, that requires something I don't have. And, and I think the more I've gotten into running, it's yeah, I'll never, you know, be the breadwinner for a runner. I'll never be on a cover of running magazine or I don't desire to be. I just desire to be a, a good, healthy runner. And I think no matter what running running goal I have said, I let, let's try that. Hey, you know what's a marathon? Let's try that. Mm-hmm. You know, the next ultra, let's try that. And so I think that has just taught me a, the limited belief. It's amazing how that limited belief of like, oh, that's someone else can do that, but that's not for me mm-hmm. has has crumbled more through my, I can see it crumbling more through my running than I can anything else. Mm, I love it. I love it. Uh, once again, guys, if you're, if you're so inclined, we'll have everything linked up at disruns.com slash nine, eight, two disruns.com slash nine, eight, two is the show notes for today for all the ways to connect with Elizabeth and check out her husband's podcast. If you're so, if you're so inclined, if that's something that you're interested in learning more about commercial real estate, go ahead and check that out. Uh, Elizabeth, thanks for, uh, for making the time today. Glad to be joined by a member of the family there a little bit towards the end, which is fun. Yes, sorry. Uh, oh, no worries. No <laughs> my, worries my at all. My 15-month-old. Uh, it's, it's, uh, you got to do what you got to do, and I appreciate you making the time. And, uh, again, nothing but the best going forward. Good luck with the, continuing the streak. Keep it going. And, you know, somewhere you get to eight years, 10 years, 12 years, whatever, we'll, we'll maybe uh, circle back up and do it again and, and see how things are going at that point. But, again, thanks for the time today and nothing but the best going forward. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dan. Thanks for having me on. All right. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Elizabeth and myself. And as per usual, I'm curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your takeaway du jour? Wait for it. Du jour today. Uh, for me, it was it was from early in the in the conversation when, when Elizabeth was talking about um, you know, if you if you're ever thinking about running a marathon, don't wait because it's not going to be easier next year. And, and of course, you know, talking about a marathon, it could be a 50K, it could be a, a some other type of ultra, it could be a, your first 5K, it could be a half marathon, like whatever it is, if you think that, that waiting for next year, it's going to be easier, it's probably not going to be. And, and the reason that stood out to me, the reason that really hit home is because uh, maybe I mentioned once or twice that I've been thinking about writing a book. And, uh, I, I maybe even said like, Oh, I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've working on it is, is, I mean, I guess accurate, but it's blown it out of proportion. Right. And I, and I mean, I, you know, planned to start writing marathons and metaphors at least two years ago. And I don't know, maybe I've got a thousand words, 1500 words, something like that written, which is not exactly enough for a book. And all along the way, there's been times when I've like, when I've, you know, kind of thought, well, you know, next, next quarter will be a better time. Next quarter, I'll have this off my plate and it'll be easier to do next, next month, next year, next, whatever, dot, dot, dot. It hasn't been any easier. 
And so when, when Elizabeth was, was saying that about the marathon and training for a marathon and it's never going to get easier as, as you know, you wait and you get a year older and life still, life doesn't slow down. And, and like all of the reasons it was just like, oh yeah. And, and of course there, there are some mitigating circumstances sometimes where maybe right now isn't the best time to go all in on writing a book or training for a race or whatever the case might be. But I guess maybe my, my takeaway is the idea of, of don't me personally, don't try to convince myself that if I wait, it's going to be easier, whether it's talking about writing a book, whether it's talking about training for, you know, a, a race distance or a time goal or whatever. It's, it's never going to be, be easier. Uh, it's never going to be easy. There, there might be some times when logistically things are a little bit, there's fewer moving parts. Maybe it's a little bit simpler, but never going to be easier. So I, I guess that's somewhere in there. It makes sense in my head that my takeaway is, you know, d- don't kick the can too far down the road. Don't, don't keep thinking again. This is just for me personally. Don't keep thinking that, Oh, well maybe, maybe 2022 will be a better year to write the book. Like, how about how about October of 2021 as a, as the the next best time to start writing the book? Shoot, how about how about September the 28th as this is coming out on the 27th? How about how about it's the 27th? How about today? You know, um, because it's not going to get easier. My life's not going to get less crazy. It's not going to get less hectic. I'm not going to all of a sudden find 27 hours in the day or 25 hours or 24 hours and 20 minutes. Like 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 it's not going to be easier. So I either can make it happen. Or can be honest with myself and say, all right, well, not right now, but I'm going to get cracking on it, you know, at the start of 2022, but don't try to convince myself that it's going to be easier. So I don't know if any of that resonates with you or, or, or if there's something different, obviously, but uh, for me, it's just, it's just a good reminder that it's never going to be easy. It's never going to be easier. So, and again, whatever it is, whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. So anyway, somewhere through all that was my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? As always, if you're willing to share, I would love to hear it at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram. You can also send an email to Dizruns at gmail.com. You can also also head over to the show notes for today, which you can get to at Dizruns.com slash 982 and leave your thoughts and your feedbacks and, of course, your comments and your takeaways from today's episode right there in the show notes. Scroll down, pass up the photos, the links, the memes. Uh, really, no memes and gifs. Let's not kid ourselves. It's, a, it's an interview, Diz. Not a, not a quick tip. No memes and gifs. No tomfoolery. Just good stuff from uh, today's conversation with Elizabeth. But it, there is that comment section down at the bottom, of course, and you can leave your thoughts and feedbacks and takeaways there. Basically, whatever method works best for you, works best for me. Anything you're willing to share, always love to hear it. So that is that. One last call for the giveaway. Get yourself entered. You know, the, the odds are never better than they are right now because every month there's a, you know another handful, another dozen people that, that enter. So every month there's a few more people that are in the drawing. So get yourself entered now. You give yourself the best chances and you're definitely automatically re-entered each and every month. So get in, entered once and uh, you know one of these times with a little bit of luck, the number random number generator might just smile upon you and you get a chance to work with me for free. Dizruns.com slash giveaway is the link and you can also get a get there on the homepage at Dizruns.com. Click the block box or the button or the link or the something, the word that says click here to enter, bada boom, bada bam, you are good to go. And with that, let's wrap this one up. Y'all, thank you for listening. Thanks for the time and the attention. Thanks for taking Elizabeth and I with you today. And until next time, y'all be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? See you guys.